Hey there, Matt here. Before we get started, just want to let you know that we will be sprinkling some book knowledge into our podcast. Don't worry, they will not spoil any aspect of the story. They're just more supplementary. However, if you're a person who absolutely hates book reader knowledge in your TV talk, then this podcast probably isn't for you. Also, we're sorry. Anyway, here's the podcast. Hope you enjoy Dedicated to George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire book series. But when you're the prince that was promised, you know, you just keep making the promise, hey, I'll die for you and nobody will let you. But he doesn't know that yet. No. But the magic no has a plan. The plan. <laughs> and the HBO Game of Thrones franchises. The longest callback brought to you by Meredith. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> It does. The magic always has a plan. Oh my god. Had to dust that one off, did you? You're listening to Before the Dragon. Don't tell me what to do. Do, do, Landed on Hatfields and McCoys again. Darn it, spin it again. There it is. Meddling hand. Otto's fate here. We're going to talk about Otto's fate real quick. Uh, got everything he deserved as far as I'm concerned. And yet... I feel like it's got to be the worst job in the world to tell a father about something that his daughter's done. Uh, that was the only amount of empathy that I felt for Otto at all. Uh, Kelly, did you find a shred of empathy for Otto in his situation in this particular episode or anything about Otto other than the fact that I think there's been some speculation that maybe he's getting pushed around a little bit by his big brother, but I don't see enough of it to put that into it being beyond his own ambitions because he sure looked like when that information about Rhaenyra came, it was like, oh, this just fell in my lap. This is wonderful. Oh, wait, I'm going to have to be the one to tell him. That's the way that I saw that that whole situation as far as the message, uh, him perceiving to, or preparing to tell Viserys what he the information he'd gotten from the white worm. But Kelly, how did you feel about this? That shot, I think they were establishing that he was fortifying himself outside the door. And I still can't tell uh, if he was trying to, like, keep the sh the poop eating grin off of his face. And, you know, because this was the moment he's been building towards this awful villain uh, that Otto is. And he's going in and this is it all hinges on this. His plans have come to fruition. and He's trying to see it to its final form. And he just wants to keep a very serious face. And that's why he's fortifying himself. Or if he's just being like a good guy, a good hand, and is trying to do what he thinks is best. And he knows this is bad for him. And that he's basically, he's not sending, you know, a, a messenger to do the dirty work for him. He is taking this duty himself. And he's going to give the king the bad news. And he's going to take the repercussions, however they're going to be. So I, it could go either way. My only frame of reference was like, what would Tywin have done his hand? And what would Ned have done his hand? And I think, I don't think either of them would have gone to the king with this information. I think the hand is supposed to handle things. And I think that uh, the hand in this case um, wanted the king to know this information. And so I'm leaning towards he was being all villainy and he was trying to uh, make sure his plan, this big hinge point in his plan uh, worked out the way he wanted it to. And I'll say like this, I said to Holly and to Kelly, I did feel bad for him when he mm. had that information from the white worm, Missaria, and he was looking at it and it was, to me, it was just kind of like, I have the perfect piece of information to get my 
grandson on the throne. But mm-hmm. I have to tell a dad about his daughter. That was like the wow. most awful situation. And I was just like, glad I'm not you. <laughs> That's the way that I felt about that. Uh, John, how did you feel about this? Oh, it's funny. I was I was just talking with the uh, non-book readers I was referencing earlier about this today. And I felt like this was such, an, um, such a well-done way to show Otto. I mean, because we're definitely early in, like, the first couple episodes, you're painted a certain picture of who Otto Hightower is. Like, oh, we know who he is. But then, like, like, like the last couple episodes, you're like, okay, he's actually, like, a pretty pra- pragmatic, practical kind of advisor. Like, he's not, he's not such a um, selfish ladder climber that we thought he might be. And then when he tries to just kind of like thread that needle, he ends up getting like burned on this. And even as like, as a book readers as will attest, it's like, he comes across as like a pretty ladder climber. Like I'm going to put like my advantage in my kind of point of view in the way in the thing that I, and again, this, I read this super, super fast because I got like crazy enthralled with it recently the uh the viserys angle of him calling him out like and saying like you were literally trying to put your blood ahead of my blood to get on the throne i don't necessarily remember it being that visceral in the book but both of you correct me if i'm wrong like it it just that was that kind of took me aback i was like wow they literally like all the cards are out yeah well he's definitely not uh out of the game i would say yet Mm -mm. uh you know he's he no matter where he ends up he can still have i would think influence on his daughter if nothing else susan how did you uh did, did were you happy to see otto go and uh your reflections on otto so far uh is it any indication of what we will continue to see um yeah to answer john uh at first here yeah the book uh basically kind of left it as if uh, Otto had just been um, nagging Viserys so often and for so long about changing mm. the, uh, yeah, changing the air that he just was fed up with it, didn't want to put up with it anymore and got rid of him there. So it, it wasn't quite the, the way this played out. Um, and I will have to say that here's where we can, um, praise Rhaenyra because she did challenge her father about this and and say okay you know you want me to accept this marriage proposal that you think is going to strengthen our situation I'll do that but you need to do something about this man who is you know undercutting my position especially and uh, so that was I think that was great that they showed her to have that uh, uh, you know forethought about it I love the scene. I love the scene. I love you know, we get the conversation where he's talking about his father, Balon, um, and the whole uh, progression of how uh, Otto became the hand in the first place. Um, and the fact that uh, in reflection, Viserys is kind of like, I remember, you know, Sansa saying to Littlefinger, you know, I might be slow, but I learn eventually, you know, Viserys saying, you know, I realized in reflection that, uh, you know, this was quite, 
quite a, a clever game he played with Allison. So, um, yeah, I, I, I loved it. It, it was, uh, he had it coming for sure. Um, but I, I kind of felt, I did feel a little bad for him at happening too. I think it's the way that Viserys dismissed him. He's like, by the way, thanks for helping me be king. Um, but I've, I've known you had all these plans all along and um, I'm sorry that this is the thing that's going to make me fire you, but uh, this is it. And so I, I feel like just the tiniest bit bad for him, but but really not really. So about the dismissal, that was odd because he he definitely was pushed to do it by Rhaenyra. Like that was their their bargain was that she'll marry Lenore if he has to do his duty as king, which is get rid of this person who accused her of treasonous actions, behavior, um, or engaged in treason by questioning her virtue, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't have to say all that. <laughs> like, why was he like old yellowing Otto here? <laughs> because he is such a nice guy and he doesn't want to upset anybody even when he's firing them. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't have to. A single word of inept. <laughs> Just inept at everything. Uh, inept at dismissals, inept at being king, inept at being able to sit on a throne without being cut inept at uh, sex, inept at just about everything. You look, at the, look at those shuddering faces. Sorry. Sorry, I brought it up. Sorry, it's I brought it up. Wounds is the, the unhealed wounds on his back is what I think of every time I think of that scene and poor Allison disassociating as she stares <laughs> in the ceiling. I'm just, it's awful. It is oh, so awful. And juxtaposed with, with Damon and all these sweaty bodies and him just going like off telling her about like sex is for pleasure for the male yeah. and the female. And you can see... Some people oh, have yet. a different philosophy. And, and yet, uh, Damon is the one who doesn't bother to finish the job or do anything for the job once it's no longer in his interest. He doesn't he doesn't help anything out there. Uh, you know, there there are other appendages that can be used or other organs that can be used. Uh, but no, he, he's not going to do any of that. Uh, you know, if in fact he did go impotent, uh, that's not Rhaenyra's problem. Matt, that's, you don't understand. That, that's that's a Damon problem. Damon is a is a deep soul, and if his heart's not in it, he can't complete. So he had to leave. You know, it was it was his soulmate is worthy of his body, and he it, needs to be completely present in order for it, him it, to come. It was shame. It she was can shame. fix him. <laughs> Dedicated to George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire book series. Well, first, I think it's funny that you're talking about how women-centric this episode is. And the HBO Game of Thrones franchises. Then, yay, women, but then you insisted on going first, but uh, it's cool. <laughs> okay. You're listening to Before the Dragon. Don't tell me what to do. Do, 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 do. I can read that one, and it says Maester Conspiracy, and I am so tired of people coming up with maester conspiracies i'm sick of john well knows that i'm sick of conspiracies in general he had to suffer me being just absolutely awful for the grand northern conspiracy anytime somebody brings up the grand southern conspiracy i'm like show me in the show where it actually happens maester conspiracies show me in the show where it actually happened there was no looks exchange that said anything other than concern for the king as far as i read them if you want to find some kind of nefariousness in that and you want to find outlying circumstances that can be falsified time and time again simply by the fact that he's got two fingers missing, then that's fine by me. You have fun with those takes, uh, and you can call me completely wrong 
when they come out, you know, when it comes, turns out to be true, I'll enjoy the story still. I won't get mad at it and quit the show or ask that it be rewrote like everybody else will. So uh, that's my take on it. And I know that's harsh, but that's me. Now, Susan, what do you think about this Maester stuff? Because I know that you were, you've, uh, you've been, had your ear to the ground and you've heard a lot of horses rumbling down there. So what's going on? Yeah, I just, I want to just discuss this because it seems to me that uh, a lot of uh, people, a lot of uh, folks who cover um, this series and the books and so forth on YouTube have, are determined that there is a grand master conspiracy. And, uh, you know, they base a lot of this on, you know, Archmaster Marwyn, who at uh, the end of Feast for Crows tells Samwell, uh, you know, he hints to him that the maesters were behind the fall of the dragons in the first place. So people are, have decided that anything that they can potentially blame the maesters for, they're doing it. And so I'm, I'm hearing people who are, are uh, you know, discussing about the fact that they were the ones who manipulated the great council to put uh, Viserys on the throne because they were the ones that were in control of counting the the votes and uh, and that they're behind Viserys's illness, his getting sicker, um, you know, and I just, I don't see it at all. I, I find the talk kind of silly. I don't know. I, I just, I don't have any evidence for it. I do agree that because Old Town is where the Citadel is located and the high towers are there, that there can be some political relationships going on between uh, the high towers and the maesters that they would be working in favor of them. But I don't see, I haven't seen anything nefarious going on in terms of, you know, trying to get rid of specific Targaryens. Maybe we'll see something, maybe not. But uh, the idea that they have some grand plan to take down the Targaryen dynasty at this point in time, I just, I don't see it. I mean, <laughs> If you want to take down the Targaryens, why are you actively going after the weakest one? That's my question. But John, what do you think about any of this? I know that you're you're a conspiracy guy, so what do you got for me? Oh, I mean, I haven't been on conspiracy TikTok at least for two weeks, so I'll have to go back. I'll have to go back on there to really get my fill of conspiracy. I'm serious. For all the listeners out there, I'm very much joking. I'm not a I'm not a conspiracy person in the real world, but in the land of ice and fire, give me all the conspiracies. I I do think the Grand Northern conspiracy is true. It happened. We all saw it. Jon Snow, he, he sits atop the throne of our hearts. Um, but this uh, conspiracy of the Maester, <laughs> insert Matt's last track here. Yeah. Uh, but conspiracies uh, in terms of like a maester conspiracy I didn't take any like I, if people are really kind of diving that deep honestly I think the only conspiracy you can kind of point fingers to is the throne has clearly got it out for Viserys mm-hmm. the uh, the other revealing part of poor Allison's um, uh, duties this week was all the uh, like body injuries or like postules or whatever that was on Viserys was like god man what is going on with you like that is yeah just, she can't even be comfortable putting her arms around him because you no. know she might hurt him for crying out loud if she did 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I'm all the only like real parallel I can almost draw is this leprosy in our world to this world of what he's Ooh. dealing with. Okay. And that, I mean, because it just seems like it just, there's nothing that he can do to kind of like cure this. And it's just like he's dying, um, yeah. like slow and like, oh, it's creepy. But yeah, no, I, I don't see any conspiracy of the Maesters. If anything, I think the Maesters that we've seen exposed to kind of this story so far have been actually really um, sound advisors for the Saris. I mean, they kind of said the the path with uh, Lady uh, Lena was the way to go, and he kind of skewed that for Allison. Yeah. So, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take the side of the conspiracy, uh, yeah. conspiracy and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that tea that was given to Rhaenyra at the end <laughs> will leave her barren. That's the plan. Mm, mm. <laughs> That's the plan. Uh, uh, and Maester Melos is in on it all, all along. That seems like, a, I don't know, an unfair uh, accusation for you to make seeing as you read the I, book. Yeah, I better put up some reckless speculation here. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. I do have to uh, comment after what you just said, John, that I listened to an interview with the actor who plays Viserys earlier today, and he was actually making the comparison between uh, his wounds with uh, leprosy. Oh, really? Well, I mean, I don't think he's actually saying it is a leprosy. I think he's just saying that the the way that the disease is working on his body is is, uh, similar. Mm. I I think, you know, I, I think that we're still meant to think that this is something to do with like the rejection of the throne all his wounds coming from mm. the throne and that being something that's happened with uh, various targaryens over the years who were not uh you know good kings could he be visiting the streets of silk <laughs> he has before evidently him and damon shared a, a, a little story there in the episode um hmm mm. Hmm. I just had to uh, weigh in on this because I'm hearing so many people talk about it. I agree. Uh, it needed to be addressed. I tried to address it in one of my initial reactions where I said, will you people please just stop? But no, nobody's going to listen to me. So, I mean, that's obvious. Uh, and, and again, if I'm completely wrong, I will bow down to whoever uh, started this mess. Never, never do that, Matt. Oh, never. yeah. Just hold your position and double down. Always double yeah. down. Always double down. Correct. <laughs> That's how you stay on first take, baby. Always double That's down. Right. And this time, I think John, you can probably see it better than anybody else. Oh man, not this this terrible, terrible, terrible topic that we keep going on and on and on about, or dame on, or dame off about. the topic that never ends so uh let's give susan first word on this one uh susan uh, this episode this episode's a tough one to make a judgment call or is it maybe this is what we uh should be saying all along who knows right right you know i've been a, a big supporter of the character so far and again i not because i've definitely think he's a great guy I just think he's a really interesting character and he is very complex and I think sometimes gets blamed unfairly for some things that uh, 
um, that he's gotten blamed for. But obviously, in this episode, um, I'll again call it a bit of a mixed bag. I say um, a little bit maybe more on the Dame Ofta side than Dame On in, in terms of his behavior with Rhaenyra, uh, which was reckless and inappropriate and all these other things. But uh, also, I'll just uh, you know weigh in a little bit on the side of I do think that uh, some things that he was advising his niece about were uh, good things for her to learn too, whether it was the fact that she should be taking into consideration the small folk um, and the idea that uh, that uh, sex is not all just about getting pregnant and childbirth, that there is um, pleasure involved in that as well, potentially. Excellent. John, I know that uh, we would all think that based on the way that uh, you gave your initial rating, and some of the things that you cited within that and throughout the conversations of this podcast that you might be completely dame off right now. But what are you actually? Um, it, I, I'm kind of with Susan. I'm a mixed bag on Damon. Um, it was one of those things where I think his kind of uh, tour of the city for Rhaenyra was well-intentioned. I think he got out over his skis and too much into his cups, quote unquote. Um, and he made some poor decisions, but at the last minute he withdrew because he understood exactly what was happening. I think it was entirely reckless to take her to a brothel. That's insane. Like that, I was just like, if you, if that's what, if you're trying to kind of do what you, we all think you're trying to do, that is not the place that you take. Oh, a princess to to do that like that's the that's the most insane thing ever yeah unless, I, 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 oh, unless he was definitely wanting to get caught oh okay okay susan you have to expound on that why would he want to get caught because of his conversation with Viserys when he was saying okay uh you know just give her to me now that if uh he thinks that he could say to Viserys, well, you know, she's not, uh, you're not in a situation to maybe make a good match with her. So, um, you know, I asked for a boon or you, you said you would give me a boon for the, uh, the victory on the Stepstones and she's the one that I want. Yeah. And also, yeah, in the, on the inside of the episode, uh, it was also kind of inferred that what Damon was doing this whole time was something to hurt Viserys. I think it's the weirdest possible way uh, to go about trying to hurt Viserys. Uh, but is, is that a possibility too, that he was just doing all of this, just not only set up Rhaenyra as perhaps being perceived as not a good heir, but mm -hmm. also to, uh, you know, hurt his brother again very strange and then possibly get her in the end anyway we, to, to susan's point i mean it's all very convoluted so yeah. I, i'm very much dame off this episode because i just don't understand his motivations for any of it um yeah he, yeah. he did take her cap off as they were going to the brothel as yeah. well he which, wanted to make sure that everybody knew who she was right yeah right. yeah which was very strange. I, I just don't get, I don't get what the end was. It, what did it get him? It got him banished and in no better position anywhere. 
And did he actually hurt his brother? If that was the intention as the showrunners or as the inside the episode kind of inferred, I'm not saying I'm not quoting anything directly here. Um, but I just, I don't know, man. It just felt weird yeah. to me. Yeah. No, I think Damon's like, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm starting to see this man is one of those things you want to think he's one step too clever, but I don't think he's as clever as he thinks he is. Mm. I think he's so impulsive that he just does. He's kind of like, he's like a wild impulsive person. Like he just does things to do them. Yeah. Like the, the Joker of the ice and fire universe. Like, (laughs) (laughs) not, I mean, not that that they can't, not that that character can't exist. It's just one of those things. It's like, we might be prescribing too much intention and motive to some of these actions that are literally just, I feel like doing this. Well, let's flip the script. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Susan. Uh, I was just going to add, Matt Smith has talked about him as, you know, someone who just loves the chaos and not mm-hmm. in a little finger way of chaos is the latter, but just mm-hmm. in a, he loves the chaos. So he is going to sometimes just stir stuff up just for the purpose of stirring stuff up. Wow. What an awful person. Now I'm even more dame off. <laughs> <laughs> Let's throw this out there that um in the throne room when the second time in the throne room not the crown giving time the, the on the floor time. hot mess time <laughs> yeah it was um i had two two kind of thoughts about about viserys and his his motivations there and one was the um or Damon and his motivations there is is he really wanted Rhaenyra he thought he was going to uh he does respect Rhaenyra and he wanted to rescue her from all of the you know, betrothals that were flooding Viserys that he was uh, trying to threaten to, to marry her off to. And this was maybe his way of trying to rescue her. Um, if that's at all part of his chaotic plan, who knows? But um, in his mind, that might have made sense. Um, and then the second thought about uh, why he didn't just actually, you know, confess to Viserys and why he was actually trying to be, you know, pain, cause pain to Viserys, even though he does seem to love his brother, is that it, it gave me Jamie vibes where um, Jamie in the um, uh, bath with Brienne was kind of telling her uh, about, you know, he just lets everybody think that he is this monster, but he really just it would rather be seen that way than to try to defend himself. Mm. So he kind of just like let Viserys think what he wanted, even though he didn't confirm or deny um, to the, you know, in as many words, I suppose, um, that he could have. Which, you know, as viewers, we're just like, just say you didn't do it. <laughs> but well, I think ahead. he does that because he sees that he sees Viserys as weak. And I think he sees everybody else seeing Viserys as weak. So I think that's what he's always trying so hard to do is to be that guy to be like, we're, we're the F and Targaryens, man. You're not going to mess us up. Like, I, I am a chaotic like ticking time bomb could explode at any time, anywhere, any place, blow up everyone's lives. You don't know what I'm going to do. I think he does that to be scary enough to like, try to kind of help protect his family and their dynasty. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw it. I, the way I perceived it at the end was just like, well, okay. If you wanted to hurt Viserys, this is the way to do it. This is, this is the moment where you actually did it. I just didn't appreciate the the path to get there. If if what the inside the episode was telling us, which was that he was out to hurt uh Viserys through all of this, 
Um, man, what a really weird way to do it. Also, I got to make a sensor sound here to cover one of Holly's things up. Oh, I, mm, I thought I said effed, not, but maybe I didn't. Oh, I think you did once. I just thought I heard it at another time. Yeah. Okay. okay. Right, can I ask you guys one thing about Damon? Yeah. It might be super quick, but like he had this um, line that he said to Rhaenyra when they were out and they were looking at the, the mummers the, and he, uh, she said, who gives a bleep with the, um, small folk think and then later when he's on or no and then he says to her you know if you want to rule them you have to uh care what they think and then later when he's on the floor of the throne room and Viserys uh is saying like what will the lords think or, or whatever and and he's saying who gives a bleep what the lords think Damon says to him there so I'm just wondering like does he just not see the lords as his people or does he say, or is he just this chaotic agent who just, you know, is he the man of the people and he cares what the small folk think, or is he just saying that in this moment to Viserys to make a point? I think it's, I think he, what he's saying two different things. I think he's telling Rhaenyra, if she does want to lead, it does matter what they think to an extent. So they will respect her like enough to rule, you know, over them. Like she needs to be, I don't know. She, she needs to have that respect from them. But I also on the flip side, I think that like her being soiled by him pre-marriage doesn't it doesn't matter what the lords think because they're still Targaryens and they, you know, just because if she would have gotten pregnant, then like, yes, then that baby would not be legitimate and that would be bad for, for them. But if they do end up getting married and then she has babies, like no one's going to care really. Like they're not going to make her not the queen because that happened right i i mean that's kind of what i think i don't know maybe people would disagree or the lords of westeros would disagree but i think it's kind of two different things mm, okay uh i perceived it as uh damon looking at everything from the same angle thinking that there's a heck of a lot more small people than there are lords and you can take a dragon to a lord anytime you want but you take a dragon to small people and people get upset um but that that's kind of cut and dry and cold and i'm not sure that damon's actually stable enough to be cut and dry and cold so and the wheel has fun and susan can read it uh tapestries tapestries um, all right we want to hear from you on this susan what you got <laughs> well uh, a couple of things uh, of course, there was that, you know, kind of a uh, little comical exchange there in this uh, episode where when uh, Viserys was uh, celebrating Damon's return and they were had been drinking and having a laugh out in the garden and uh, Allison, to, uh, who seems rather uncomfortable with Damon in the hole, was uh, saying, you know, would you like to see the new tapestries that I've acquired? And, uh, you know, Viserys joked about it. So there was that, but uh, what I, the primary thing I want to bring up is there have been all these sexual tapestries all over the place in this castle since the beginning. And though it looks like a majority of them seem to be in the bedchambers, maybe this is supposed to promote uh, <laughs> because they're wanting to 
to uh, birth heirs. Maybe this is supposed mm-hmm. to promote some sort suggestive, of suggestive. Yes, yes. Yeah, but but they weren't only there. There was one when they had that scene with uh, uh, Rhaenyra talking with Rainey's out on the balcony. There was one uh, behind the bench of her there, and I just find this all very odd. And I'm really curious as to whose uh, designer choice in the program it was to put these things on. I'd love to get an explanation behind uh, behind this decision and what it's all about because I find them very strange. I don't know if it was an article that I read or something like that, but uh, maybe it was in one of those early promotional things, but it seemed like somebody said something about, you know, the decor and everything attempting to be more Valyrian, um, mm. maybe because of Ares or, uh, um, pardon me, Viserys, uh, you know, inclination towards uh, Valyrian history, as he's got a whole model in in his in his bedroom there, or, or in his chambers. Right. So the Valyrian artwork is all orgies. <laughs> yes, just like old Greek or or you know old Greek or Roman uh, art is almost all orgies. Same thing. Uh, yeah, and, and it also it made me curious when she was talking about she had acquired these new tapestries from Cohor, and I think. Did she say lease too? I'm not. I can't remember exactly. But she may have. Yeah. You know, these being a couple of these old cities, I was wondering, huh? Are these more erotic tapestries? Or <laughs> it's it's really hard for me to picture Allison uh, looking through an illustrated catalog of of sorts. You know, that's something that some poor maester has put together with all of these works of art or whatever, and uh, said, and this one is available in lease, and her going, <laughs> oh. Three people having sex in weird ways. I want yeah. that one. Right. But she's got them all over her bedroom. So, you know. Maybe oh, this will help. Maybe this will help what's going on in, in my miserable days in the bedroom. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, had, I had to bring them up. No, I love it. I love it. John, any thoughts about the pet tapestries? What, what would it be like to have Kama Sutra with dragons? And there they are, right in the tapestries. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I did find it very interesting. Somebody was like, yeah, I want to see those tapestries. And other people were like, yeah, no, I'm good. Um, but other than that, the, um, I, I, to me, that was a very self-referential kind of wink, wink, nod. Have you seen the background of our, our wonderful new series, everyone? You should look at the tapestries, wink, wink. Um, and other than that, I was, I was kind of like, eh, I, I, it was there, it's fine, but it, it did feel very um, fourth wall breaking a little yeah. bit for me. Okay. But still, fun. Now I have this picture in my mind of Indiana Jones in the uh, the Last Crusade, putting on a Scottish accent and coming up to Allison and saying, I'd like to see your tapestries. <laughs> I can't roll my R's, so I, you know, it doesn't come off as good. Yeah, there you go. There it is. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's now, that's all I'm going to have in my mind is just Indiana Jones coming out of nowhere and asking Allison to see the tapestry. Matt, you're, you're not alone. I literally thought of that scene when they were talking about tapestries because it's the only other time that in my life I've ever heard anyone talk about tapestries. It's like, what, what is a tapestry? <laughs> Well, you know, this does relate to one of the mysteries in the in the uh, Ice and Fire novels. Uh, Littlefinger has sent some tapestries to the Vale, and mm-hmm. 
everybody is curious what the background is behind those tapestries and their significance. And people are always wondering, was there something wrapped up in the tapestries that he was smuggling there? <laughs> Somebody's body. Yeah, about the tapestries. So. <laughs> there you go. This is where you try to describe the episode in three words. It doesn't have to be the whole episode. And I really don't want three non-connected adjectives. Uh, I don't want seven words strung together in a hashtag. I don't want dashes and, and contractions and whatever. I'll, I'll allow contractions. Contractions are okay. But otherwise, just, just three words. Pick your favorite part of the episode or your least favorite part of the episode. I took basically the situation that was created by some events in this episode and I said what a mess because that's essentially what this uh, string of events has uh, caused the, the whole trajectory was changed by the fact that you know it got auto fired uh, as we were just talking about auto a little while ago but uh, that's not of course the biggest ramification but uh, you know uh, everything that, that Damon started uh, somebody else had to finish in this episode. What a mess. And uh, that's the way that I, I perceive this episode myself. Uh, Kelly, how about you? Do you have three words for this episode? I do. I hope you don't have to bleep these. <laughs> I'll, come up with a, I'll come up with a backup if you have to. But my three words are princess blue balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not subtle at all, Kelly. Not subtle at all. Uh, thank you very much. Holly, have you come up with three words? Uh, has talking to your cat about this helped you uh, come up with three words for this particular episode? My three words are Blackwood and Bracken, just because that was so epic for us book readers to get that little bit of a scene in the beginning. So um, that is, those are my three words. There's a it's lot of craziness that happened, but we're going to keep it pure with just this house feud. Even though a murder occurs, it was still the least disturbing part of the episode. It was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the way that that goes. Uh, we have other three words. Let's go to you, Susan, with your three word description for this episode. Okay, this might sound rather obvious, but I have duty versus fire. Oh, excellent, love it, love it. John, what about you, your three words? Dragon's own prerogative. Dragon's own prerogative. Excellent. I love it. Samantha739 gave us three words on Twitter. Three words. Kristen the Rebound. Ooh, wow. I love that okay. one. Yeah. Nightwolf Nim on YouTube gave us three words as, as well. This is a wonderful little play on words. Hi, uh, spelled like hello, but actually it goes with tower. So hi, tower, bye. So, uh, yeah, that was excellent. Uh, added, it was so satisfying watching Otto get deranked after all the manipulation he's done. So there's no empathy there, obviously. Folks, if you have a three-word submission for this week's episode or last week's episode or next week's episode, we want you to send them to us. Tweet to at the letter B, the number four, the Dragon Pod on Twitter. You can send emails to mattsaudioblog at gmail.com. That's M-A-T-T-S audioblog at gmail.com. You can also leave comments on our web posts. You can find the website by going to mattsaudioblog.com, M-A-T-T-S audioblog.com. Or we would love it if you would leave comments on our YouTubes. 
videos because that way we know that people are actually watching them. We get a number of views and I get analytics about how much you're watching the episode and I can tell that maybe I'm turning you off right at the beginning, but that's just too bad. We're going to keep doing these. You're going to have to dig with them. So hit that subscribe button, leave your comments, leave likes or dislikes on our videos so that we know how you're feeling about our video presentations. I feel like they're fun because then we get video punishments and things like that that uh, people can see and enjoy they can laugh at me as i try to stuff chicken in my mouth for three straight hours over the strung out over two one and a half hour podcasts and things like that but maybe that's not for you but nonetheless we want to hear how you feel about this podcast more importantly we want to hear your three word descriptions of the episode it's so helpful for us to be able to not have to open our mouths and say things that we end up regretting later if you submit three words for us. Uh, Brothel Mates of the Week, speaking of regret, is next. Mates of the week is a little more complicated than three words because you can kind of pair any two things up that you want. You can be a concept and a concept, a concept and a person, a person and a thing, a thing and a concept. I, I don't care what two things you combine. All I want you to do is just combine two things and tell me why you think it was the best coupling. You don't even really have to tell me why. You can just list them to me. I'll read them. I'm, I'm not above reading, uh, although I don't read well very often, but nonetheless. I want to hear what your brothel mates are for each and every episode. You can submit them in any time, but if you just watch a new episode and you wanted to get into the podcast panel podcast that follows, please do so by 5 p.m. Pacific on the Tuesday after the new episode airs, and that way we'll get them in. Uh, just as Samantha Seven Three Nine did, Samantha Seven Three Nine said that her brothel mates were a little too obvious, but she would go with. Damon and unfinished business. Ooh, business being sexy times. He stops short every time. He's still hot, though. So uh, Samantha's still giving him credit for being hot. There you go. Nightwolf Nim on YouTube also offered brothel mates. Rhaenyra and freedom. I enjoyed watching Rhaenyra be free for just a night to do whatever or whoever mm. she wanted. I like mm -hmm. those. I like those very much. Take a cue from those, John. What were your brothel mates for this particular episode? I was going to put Kristen Cole and Damon together on, on this episode. So, Oh, because they had a shared love? Of course. I wouldn't say love. It's just I would say a shared person. Oh my! Oh, I don't know my. if there's. Well, I don't know if it's love there for everybody. You know, I don't want to assume. Can't we all just love everybody? Can't, 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 can't we just get along? 
Okay. Oh, okay. What is that? Uh, what's the Will Ferrell characters from Semi Pro? Everybody love everybody. I, Jackie Moon. Jackie Moon from Semi Pro. Everybody love everybody. Everybody just love everybody, and then we're all good. But my brothel mates for this particular episode were Masaria and Messaging. As you heard, I was quite obsessed with whatever uh, Masaria is doing uh, and what it's about and everything. So. Uh, I, for that reason, uh, I will never not think of Masaria and messages to Otto from the White Worm. Holly, do you have a brothel mates for this particular episode? I do. Uh, my brothel mates are Rhaenyra and access to women's health care, just like us today. Only the rich people have access to proper or not proper, but like all the full spectrum of women's health care. So that's true. Susan. Yeah, I'm going for the obvious too. I'm going for Renera and Damon because they were in a brothel. Okay, right on. They were in a brothel. That's a definite qualifier right there for brothel mates of the week. Kelly, what about you? What were your brothel mates of this week? I'm torn. I want my literal brothel mates to be literal brothel mates. That scene with Damon and Rhaenyra was so hot. It was so well done. It was awesome. I was thinking about it for later. <laughs> it was for really reasons. Good. You were thinking about it for reasons. Exactly. <laughs> it was really well done. And I never thought, like, I love Doctor Who. And I never thought I could look at Damon as not the doctor. And I am completely wrong. And this sealed the deal and I'm gonna um, definitely make my brothel mates my brothel mates <laughs> okay brothel brothel mates in the brothel there's nothing wrong with that by the way Holly right. and I can testify if you have ever watched have you watched season one and two of the crown on Netflix okay. you really should because you'll get that's where you see a real turn of the actor that is Matt Smith he becomes he really becomes the prince, uh, Prince Philip, in that, and it was—it's uh, an unbelievable performance. And so, uh, after my initial Legolas hair scare of the first photos of Matt Smith, and after the first episode of this season, I was just like, "Yeah, he's got this." And I think you're right. I think he totally proved it. This particular episode—it's the game that everybody hates. Take my heart and please don't break it. Love was made for me and you. For me and you. For me and you. For me and you. Seven so we're going to have some fun this upcoming week because I have to report to you, ladies and gentlemen, that everybody got off scot-free. Oh, wait, except John. John did not get off scot-free. What we all thought would be the safest bet out of any of these characters, either saying a Carlin word or saying a Game of Thrones style cussing, uh, everybody got off scot-free except for the fact that John had drawn Allison 
Hightower and insisted on keeping it because he was sure that it was safe. In fact, we may have conned him into thinking that it was safer than it actually was. I think Susan said something to the effect that, yes, uh, very low chance that Allison would ever say uh, a curse. And I said the only way that Allison is, is going to do anything is if she happens to say a dragon name. Uh, that was not the case. She said, Boop, and we uh, laughed with joy because John will not have to pay a punishment. Regardless of that, it is time for us to draw for next week. The rules have changed. We now draw two names each week, two, two, two names each week in order to ensure a greater chance of getting punished because what's the point of playing this game? What's the point of even doing videos where we play this game if somebody doesn't get hurt? And John's taking the knife for us this time around. Just like a Bracken, he's doing his duty and being all smart aleck about it, I'm sure. Nonetheless, here we go. It's time to play Seven Hells. Kelly, we'll start with you. Oh, Kelly, your first number is 26. In episode five, number 26 is Jane. This is what Susan had last time. I have no idea who Jane is. I think she's supposed to be a dancer. Was she a dancer in this episode? Maybe. But I didn't hear any dancers saying any cuss words or screaming any dragon's names. So do you want to take Jane or do you want to throw Jane back? All right. I'll go safe on my first one. I'll stay with Jane. Staying with Jane. Very well done, Kelly. Holly, it is your turn for your first draw. 17. Hmm. 17 is Lord Jason Lannister, who comes up a lot in these drawings for some reason. Even though we shift the numbers uh, for each character, it seems like the numbers always seem to follow Lord Jason Lannister, unlike Rhaenyra Targaryen, who doesn't want anything to do with him. Holly, will you take Lord Jason Lannister, Lord of Casterly Rock? Okay, you said he's come up a lot. Have Has somebody taken him before? Uh, I believe so. In the last couple of weeks, uh, I believe that somebody did I had have him, him last week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you just had him last week? Yeah. I'm going to keep him since we're doing two. I feel like he could be safe or dangerous. So he's kind of a. My turn for my first round. 32. 32 is Sir Lenor Valerian. <laughs> That's a tough call. You know what? Do you think he's going to talk next episode? <laughs> I have a feeling he's going to say a dragon name. I mean, he's Young... getting married, right? He's, he's at least going to be in it. He is going to be in it. And so I'm going to take it because I believe that, uh, you know, he'll he'll not have to say sea smoke. I don't It'll be gonna, his wedding. It's going to be his wedding. I don't think he's going to curse at his wedding. He's going to be right. very astute about that. And I'm hoping that he doesn't meet a dragon at his wedding. So I'm hoping that he doesn't say the dragon's name. Right, because of course they're going to introduce a dragon, but not give us the name. So, yeah, I remember in season two of Game of Thrones when Arya, uh, they're at Heron Hall, and Hot Pie is like staring at the mountain because that other guy was staring at the mountain and he's like, hey, he stares at the mountain every day and he doesn't get picked. I feel like. <laughs> Whose turn is it? Is it back? Were we back to Kelly? Yeah. Kelly, your number is 39. The last of the numbers. Auto Servant. 
All right, I went safe with the first one. I'll throw it back and we'll go risky. Wow. I know. Being risky. I know. 15. 15 is Sir Ooh. Kristen Ooh. Cole. Ooh. You have to take it. You, you, when you take, when you throw one back, the second draw is yours, whether you like it or not. So Kelly, we'll have Kristen Cole. Holly, are you ready? I'm ready. Thirty-one. Thirty-one is Bela. Okay. Who wow. has, isn't even around yet? I don't think. No, I, that's the baby that was born. That was the baby she was bouncing, right? Yeah. Uh, that, was Helen, that was Helena. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay. Damn it. Okay, throw it back. Throwing it back. Bela is now thirty-two. Oh. Wait. You can't have thirty-two. That's me. Yeah. I like where did get thirty-two? like we did 10 already also 10 is lord corlys valarian (laughs) you are stuck with i'm in danger (laughs) danger 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 for holly danger danger here's my third draw i am picking number 15 sure oh can't do that one because it's already been taken by kelly number 35 is sir vaymond Valorian. If there's anybody who might cuss, it would be him. Hmm. Do I dare tempt fate twice? Nope, I'm throwing it back. Number 10 is already Can't have taken. It. Can't, have, Can't it. have it. This random number generator is being mean today. Uh, Talia. No idea who that is. Enjoy your... I have no choice but to take her, though. Uh, I'm going to need to know some information, John. What are you going to do as your punishment? And if you do that punishment, will I need to buy you a costume and send it to you or anything like that? No costume required. I'm going to keep it auditory. That way all the listeners can stay involved because I know YouTube is it's auditory as well. So we'll, we'll, I will be for uh, next episode playing Jon Snow, I guess, for all of my comments. So... My apologies in advance for the audience. All right. That's going to be fun. We're going to love hearing you as Jon Snow. Um, and we that, can all call you a bastard. Yes, that's right. As soon as I disagree I mean, with you on anything, we can call you You can a call me that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's never stopped me before. Uh, it's true. Right, We're drawing twice. So I'm going to give you both of yours in a row here, but we're going to start. Can you see the screen? Can you see that I have the... I can I can see Michael Jordan's number on the screen, yeah. Michael Jordan has arrived, but that's not your number. Your number is number, number 11. 11. Number 11 in episode 5 is Prince Damon Targaryen. <laughs> Count it up. Let's do this. Let's really? Go. You're going to go with it? You yeah. Have a chance absolutely. to reject it. Oh no. my gosh! You want you want to be you just want to pay punishments for the rest of the. Season. I, I just I just want the whole you know the whole squad of listeners to be along for the ride. I want them to like. I, this is me being. This is my Damon part of my my personality. I'm just chaos. going for it. Likes chaos. Let's just go for it. Let's go. All right. Here's your next number, John. Your next number what, is thirty nine. Let's do it. I don't even care who it is. Let's do it. Okay, well, you, uh, once, I think this is twice in a, uh, not in a row, but auto twice this season that you've had auto servant. So good luck. Uh, I've had him before. Okay. Yeah, Let's I thought it. you did the first week, but hey, maybe, maybe. maybe, maybe. I don't know. Um, I don't remember. So, Susan, are you ready? Yes. All right. 
you can see the screen as well, I hope. I can. I can. Okay. Your number is number four. Ooh. Number four is a Targaryen retainer, uncredited, which means that they will not speak at all. It's <laughs> that, a, it's, that seems it's a, like, it's like a buy. Sure. I'll take, take it. it. I'd take it, Susan. Yes. Good for you, Susan. You bailed out on that one. But there's still another drawing to do. Right, right. 35. 35 that's, that's is Sir Vaiman Tar- uh, Valarian. Uh, you you got have this. a chance to direct oh. this. You already had his episode Vaiman Valarian. I have a feeling we might see him next week because yeah, it looks yeah, like we're going to have a wedding. Like we're going to see him next episode too, but I'll go ahead. Sure. Why not? Wow. Okay. Let's hope because he was the only one that seemed to have a, a foul mouth about him among the among the Valorians. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take it. Last chance, last chance to reject. I'm giving you a chance to reject. Nah, I'll take it. All right, so there we are. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a quandary here. The quandary is is that uh, Stephanie, uh, I think, is still with the podcast, but I'm really unsure. So, should we draw for her? Is my question. Uh, We should draw for her. John says, Susan, are you okay with this? Sure. Okay, you will you will you will be uh, Stephanie's governor. We'll let you decide whether she should take the uh, number or not. Um, uh oh, me? Yeah, all the pressure's on you. It's all your fault uh-oh. from here on out. Oh no. <laughs> number ten. Uh, ten is uh, already taken. Ooh, it's Corley's Valarian. Okay. So we okay. have to redraw number five. Number five is Vasari Vasari's Targaryen. Oh. Do you want Stephanie uh, to have this one or not? Uh, I'm going to skip it. I think that would be pretty dangerous for her. So I'll, I'll, I'll give a pass on that one. Okay, so so Susan will pass on behalf of Stephanie. Stephanie has to take this one, and it is instant death. Number nine. Boom. Instant <laughs> death. Oh, boy. Sorry. So Stephanie will have to get to me with a punishment. She will have to show up and pay it. <laughs> That's her first draw. Now we draw again for her because we're drawing two for everybody else. So we got to draw for what, her. What happens if she gets a double instant death? Oh, you can only get one instant death. The number's taken. Oh, okay. So, okay. But she could get punished twice in a week. She could get the instant death and uh, draw a name that uh, ends up being bad. 14. Yeah. What happens then if you get punished twice? Well, you just pay one one week and one the next. Oh, okay. Dear. Uh, Masaria is number 14. Masaria. What do you think, Susan? Would Stephanie take that? Um, yeah, let's take it. I think that'll give her a lower chance. I don't know if we'll even see her next week, but even if we do, I don't, I think she'd be fine with her. All right. So Stephanie, Not very much swearing from her. let's go over who we have that will be punished next week. That's us all of us will all be punished in one way except for maybe susan who seems to have gotten out of at least not worrying about a targaryen retainer stephanie has selected an instant death that's awful uh holly has lord corley's valarian john has prince damon targaryen uh he's living on the edge uh just like uh aerosmith uh stephanie also has Masaria, and uh kristen cole goes to kelly uh, Lord Jason Lannister. Ooh. Somehow Holly got Lord Jason Lannister. Wow. To follow okay. us around okay. a lot. 
I have Talia, whoever the hell Talia is. I don't know. I don't know uh, Talia. Kelly has Jane, whoever the hell Jane is. Uh, nice job, Holly. I have Sir Lenor Valarian. Really worried about that one. Ooh, okay. Shows up for the wedding. I'm done there. Uh, and Susan has uh, Sir Vaymond Valarian, who I feel was likely to cuss, mm-hmm. saying that he doesn't yeah. want to be at the damn wedding. But we'll see. Uh, he'd say it in a far more expressive. He gets to say damn. Don't worry, Susan. He gets to say that. That's not a Carlin word. Uh, but uh, if he says anything stronger than that, then you're in trouble. And John, finally, uh, for his second dr- time this season, has drawn Auto Servant. We do have some feedback from Nightwolf Nim on YouTube. Thank you so much for leaving comments in our YouTube videos. Please search for Before the Dragon Podcast on YouTube. Subscribe while you're there. Hit those like buttons. Leave comments. We really appreciate you being part of our community. Just as Nightwolf Nim is, by saying in response to my initial reaction podcast, Rhaenyra and Alicent's bonding moment was touching. It hurt my heart when Rhaenyra later lied to her, even more so after seeing Alicent defend her to Viserys. I felt so bad for Alicent, especially after she was summoned to Viserys' bedchambers. Watching those two together was uncomfortable and disturbing, even more so than the brothel incest. Rhaenyra and Kristen Cole were definitely the spiciest. No dragons needed because they brought the heat. (laughs) Oh my goodness, there's just so much more stuff that happened, and I can't wait to hear the panel's thoughts. Absolutely my favorite episode of the season. Thank you so much, Nightwolf Nim. I think that you will have heard, by the time you hear this feedback being read, that you will have heard that a lot of the panelists agree with your very notions about whether Rhaenyra lied, about Allison's awful position, uh, awful assignment, as we called it in this particular podcast, um, just all kinds of things that were disturbing. We did talk a little bit about the brothel stuff as well, uh, and uh, everybody kind of said, you, you know, there were some mentions of no dragons being really needed for this particular episode, although everybody always wants dragons. I mean, come on. Everybody always wants dragons. But thank you so much for your thoughts, folks. Once again, if you want to share thoughts with us, please tweet to at the letter B, the number four, the Dragon Pod on Twitter. You can send emails to Matt's audio blog at gmail.com. That's M-A-T-T-S audio blog, all strung together at gmail.com. Or you can use that same spelling to find our website and leave a comment on our post there. Mattsaudioblog.com, M-A-T-T-S audioblog.com. Or, once again, leave a comment on our YouTube. I've already told you how to do that. So please join in our community. We need our community to grow. A way you can help us for this community to grow is to find our tweets on Twitter and retweet them. You can also... Leave written reviews on podcast apps such as Apple Podcasts or iTunes. 
those really help us to be seen by more people. So we would really appreciate it if you would do that. And naturally, anytime you subscribe, it helps us to grow our community as well because it makes us more noticeable among the 50 billion Game of Thrones podcasts that are out there that are covering House of the Dragon. I don't ask for anything in terms of payment except for that. Everything else, the hosting, whatever, it's all on me. I don't ask you to join my Patreon. I don't ask you to, you know, send a donation or to buy me a coffee or to do anything like that. All I want you to do is to help this community grow and, you know, comment to it. Uh, help, help add your voice so that we have more voices to share with all that's going on in these wonderful episodes of television. That's about it. Let's get to some closing thoughts from our guests. Okay, folks. So thanks so much for joining us. As always, we appreciate all of our panelists being here. I want to turn to you, Susan, for some final thoughts. I think the season so far has been wonderful, and I'm looking forward to more. Excellent. Thanks again so much for joining us, Susan. Appreciate it. John, final thoughts from Portland. Oh, man. My my last podcast from Portland, most likely. That's a double P. Uh, hey, double P from the Portland. Last, yeah, uh, last Portland podcast. Last Portland podcast. Uh, but last thoughts are, it's a good episode. I'm looking forward to the, um, I'm looking forward to the time jump. That's as much as I'm, I'm loving younger Rhaenyra, I'm looking forward to the time jump. That That's my, that's probably like my final, final thought. Um, before we sign off though, um, just in case anyone likes spooky horror movies, come find uh, me and my other friends on the Wicked Wild on that podcast. Uh, we're going to be doing some fun October podcasts. So you can come listen to some spooky movies and us talk about terrible slash great movies. So let's get to some final thoughts here. Holly, final thoughts about the episode. Has any of our discussion changed your mind about how confused you were about it? Or are you still pretty confused about it? I'm so confused. That's all. Uh, no, it was, it was a good episode. I really like it. I'm going to watch it probably several more times before uh, next week's episode. Excellent. Kelly, how about you? Final thoughts regarding this episode? Very, very excited to, about how well I received this episode. I was not just excited to but also excited that I was excited, if that makes sense. So um, more good things to come, more awesome female character development to come, um, and uh, more of this chemistry coming up. I'm, I'm hoping that they maintain that through the character transition uh, into the new actors is, is the thing. So we'll see how that goes. But oh, it, whatever, however it goes, we got this episode and we will forever have this episode um, in our memories. Um, <laughs> For reasons. For reasons. Thanks for joining us this time around. Remember that we still are. Actually, we've moved up. I just looked at the iTunes ratings. We are now your 56,833rd favorite podcast out of over 3.2 billion House of the Dragon, a well, song of ice and fire. Game one of more time. Podcasts out there. 3.2 billion. No, one more time. What number are we? We are 56,823 now. Suck I'm watching it. live update. 56,824. 